Hey everyone and welcome back to the Purposeful Mindset Podcast. I'm honestly so grateful that you're subscribed to my podcast and I'm excited to share yet another episode with you. This podcast is all about bringing servant leaders to share their stories and life experiences with you all in the hopes to help more people to find their true purpose and meaning to life. Today I have an amazing guest. I'm so, so excited to share their wisdom with you all. His name is Mark Drager and from the age of seven onwards, Mark was raised in a home where he was always on edge, never sure if what he said or what he did or how he acted would get him into trouble. One moment everything was fine and the next he was told that he was the most ungrateful, worthless and pathetic waste of space and that's what comes from growing up with a manic, bitter, alcoholic stepfather. That was his home life until he moved out at 16. It took him a long time to get comfortable with his childhood and to understand how it shaped him into being the person he is today. How the anxiety, the fear and the constant feeling of never being good enough led him to his ultimate purpose to help people create extraordinary businesses. In this episode, Mark shared many thoughts around overcoming fear, becoming more confident and taking the leap to get into the next level of your life. He also touches a lot on mindset, content creation and how each one of us can tap into our higher level of potential that we all have within us. So without further ado, let's get straight into this episode. Mark Dragar, thank you so much for being on the Purposeful Mindset podcast. I'm super grateful to have you on. Just to give everyone a little bit of insight as to how I even have you on the show now. So a couple months ago at the time of this recording, I actually was watching one of Evan's story, Evan Carmichael's story. Um, I follow his content like heavily and on his story, one particular day, he kept saying, go follow Mark Drager. Everyone on his story today is all about Mark Drager. Go follow Mark Drager. This guy, Mark Drager, is my, is my friend. Go follow him. And I was just like, who's this Mark Drager? I was like, I just kept hearing it. So yeah. I, went, I went over to Mark Drager. And I was like, this is a new account. There's nothing here. There's just like a few posts. Yeah. Um, but then I looked for the content and he said, for, you know, and on that day, he was feeling very generous. And he said, anyone who leaves a genuine authentic comment on one of Mark Gregor's posts and follows him, he's going to pick that person and, and to, have, to have Evan on their podcast. I was like, bang, this is my opportunity. Like, let me just take action and just, just do this because it's the, it's the only way I could get without paying Evan on my, on my podcast, right? So I was like, boom, I did it. I went into Mark Gregor's account, followed him, left a the, left the really genuine comment on one of his posts, which was really cool. <laughs> um, and suddenly on the same day, a few hours later, I get a message from Mark Dreger saying, I pick you, Sadiq. You're going to be, you're going to have Evan on your, on your podcast. And I was like, so excited that day. It was unreal. Um, so that's the kind of backstory of how I've I got, think, I think what I wrote was something like, consider it done. Yeah. That's the, and th- that was, those are the exact words, consider it done. And I was like, wow. And that, from that day onwards, I was connected with Mark. He started creating content and all I see is his yellow theme, which I'm loving. And, um, and Mark, honestly, I'm just so grateful to have you on the show, man. I really want to well, kind of get to know you a little bit better because, to be honest, I only know you obviously through Evan. Yeah. I know that you work with him and you, and you guys are good friends. But I've only got to read about, about your backstory. So I don't yeah. personally have a, that, that connection with you through your content yet. But I'm That's sure okay. we're going to build that relationship. But I really want you to share kind of like where you started. Like how are you... Um, like basically, what, you know, why are you doing what you're doing now? But just even before that, your actual story of how you got started. Because I know re- from reading your kind of backstory, I understand that when you were younger, mm-hmm. you, you basically wasn't very comfortable with yourself. Um, and I'm, still not, I'm still not very comfortable with myself. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the, the champion of, of those of us who have anxiety and are uncomfortable. But uh, yeah, I mean, I had, listen, growing up, I had, uh, had a really good, stable home. Um, you know, loving mother, loving father, great, great home. And my mom remarried when I was like seven or eight. And what, what I didn't realize at the time and only looking back on it, you know, my, my stepfather at the time, um, my mom and him are no longer together, but, um, basically, you know, just, just a really angry person, um, uh, has, has mania, which is the manic side of manic depressive. Um, and would go through these huge swings, um, alcoholic, uh, and so I just, I grew up on edge, you know, like I grew up in the type of home where 
you never knew when you came home from school if today's going to be a good day or a bad day, if you're going to say the wrong thing, if you're going to get into trouble, um, like really deep, angry kind of trouble. The type, you know, I was in the home where I'd be in my room reading a book. And if he was walking by, I could hear him mumbling under his breath, you know, how useless we were, how ungrateful we were and how he did all of this stuff. Like just, just what I've come to realize was just, you know, an, 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 kind of an abusive environment to, to grow up in. But at the same time, I had all these other amazing parts of my life, you know, like, like um, I loved, you know, going and visiting my grandparents because it was like a reprieve and it was like freedom. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, it was really in the last year of high school. So I moved out when I was 16. I, I, you know, I grew up fast. I took control of my life. I moved out, you know, I, and, and it was in the last year of high school, I was listening to someone um, from prison speak in our high school. And they talked about the fact that they talked about their abusive childhood and they're like hair on the back of my neck stood up like, and I was like, wow, I mean, I, I, you know, I was never hit. Um, I was never sexually assaulted. Um, I, but, but some, something felt really uncomfortable. And that's really where I think so much of my like drive, um, my drive was, you know what, I don't need you. I, I'm going to go out and make this happen. I'm going to go out and do it. Um, you want to help me? Great. You don't want to help me? Well, it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to go out and make this happen anyway. Um, I think so much of my need to be like seen, it comes from that, you know, never being sure if what I said would make mistakes. So I want to make sure I say the right thing all the time. I want to make sure that people, you know, say like, oh, wow, look at Mark. He, you know, look what he's built. Look what he's done. Look at all of these things. Um, and so really it's, it's actually just, you spend, you spend so much of your life not realizing what's holding you back. And then you start to learn what's holding you back. And then you spend all of this time trying to fight all those things that are holding you back. And, and ultimately, you know, I can get into, there's so many stories I can get into, but ultimately the reason why, um, you know, we do this stuff on Instagram and we share these stories and we're so vulnerable is because, um, I'm, I'm really comfortable sharing these things. It doesn't bother me or scare me. And, um, and it's, it's a lot of effort to do, but it's not the fear of judgment or anything that holds me back. It's just, um, it's just, it's just now I've, I've done it now. Now I'm, you know, I know how much we can connect with new people and how much we can, we realize that we all face a lot of similar things, mm-hmm. um, and that we all have so much, so many things that we're working through. And so I just love now the opportunity to be able to share a few things that I've worked through some of the learnings that I've had along the way, and then connect and help people as they're, as they're going through their journey. Love it. I love it. So I had a question while you were just saying that, actually, when you were like, what, was there a point in your life when you were actually uncomfortable then? So what was that? How did you get to the point where you are now where you're just super authentic and vulnerable? Because I think that's going to help a lot of people understand because my story was I was super shy for over five years ago. Like I'm, I'm saying eight friends, go to work in the bank, come home, play Call of Duty with my friends and then go to work the next day and do the same thing again. Um, and yeah. I was super shy. I had eight friends. I didn't talk to women. Couldn't speak to women. Like I was super shy. And um, and I today like everybody sees me as this Mister Positive and like this action taker. And this guy's making so much content. And you know, it's like the Asian Jay Shetty. And I get called so many things. But for me, like yes, I, I know. I, don't get me wrong. I love the compliments. I love the the good things people say. But for me, it's more about you know I, I use that positivity and and people's feedback as just like as goodness in my life. And, and I'm just so grateful that, I'm allowed, that I have the opportunity to share a podcast like this, to share a video that's going to inspire someone on the other end listening. And for me, it was more about not caring about other people's judgment anymore and just doing something that I love. Yeah. If, listen, if I said that at one point in my life, I, I wasn't nervous to share, I would be lying. Yeah. I think and we all were, right? Every, every single person for every new thing that we do, has that little voice of doubt in your mind that says, should I be doing this? What will people think? What if I screw up? What if I do well? What if I'm too successful? People are afraid of success, Mm -hmm. right? You know, like (laughs) there's, there's, there's a lot of things that we hold on to. And so, I I mean, it helps. Listen, a lot of these things help that I'm outgoing. I'm an introvert. So I am introverted, but I'm outgoing, right? It's, it's like, I don't, I don't mind connecting with people. I like, I like speaking in front of groups, even though it makes me incredibly nervous. Mm. Um, but I, I like, I like the high of, you know, like being on edge. Um, I, so much of, of what I do as, um, an entrepreneur, 
uh, as uh, a marketer, as someone who's responsible for pitching and selling and getting in front of people all the time is, you know, I have 15 years of experience of people throwing challenging questions at me. And then in real time, having to respond to them with confidence, whether I really understand it or not. And so, uh, and I played, you know, I hosted a podcast for a year and a half, maybe three or four years ago. We did 50 episodes of that. Um, I did, you know, we did YouTube videos. I've always never been afraid to get in front of the camera. I've been afraid to share the real me. And, and it's, it's maybe a subtle difference, but it's, it's a real difference. If you want me to talk about a topic for years, I would be comfortable talking about that topic. You want me to talk about me? And that's where I would get really uncomfortable. And so it was really about a year and a half ago that uh, I decided, okay, I'm going to take this seriously. Evan had been leaning on me for years. I see Evan pushing you every day on Instagram, making YouTube videos, stop caring about what other people think. Yeah. He was leaning on me for years. And so by the time that it came, when he, when he spent that nice day, when he's like, follow Mark Drager, go follow Mark.Drager, go follow Mark.Drager. It's because I'd spent a year building up my other Instagram channel under my other name, Life of Fanta. And we just weren't really getting traction. I was trying to figure things out. And we grew from like 250 to 750 followers in a year. And, 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 you know, I've learned some lessons in that too. It's okay to work on something for a year and just change. But, mm-hmm. um, but people were surprised. You know, when I posted my first selfie of me in November of 18, because I hated taking selfies, because I thought it made me look selfish. I thought it made me look egotistical. I was worried people would say, mm, see, Mark, Mark really does think a lot of himself, doesn't he? Mm. And so that's why I didn't want to talk about myself or show myself or, or anything like that. But when I said, fine, I'm going to do this. And then I started, people are like, wow, you're really good. And it's like, like I know I have the skill. I just wasn't comfortable yeah. with it yet because... I also know that I'm good. And so I want to do a really good job. I have high standards. I want this to look good. I want this to sound good. I want this to feel good. I've so, noticed from your videos, actually, like your videos, <laughs> quality, the quality is on point, you know, the, the, the branding, the, um, the edits, everything's like super on point. So I love that as well. Well, it, again, it helps that I own, I, I went to film school. I own, okay, I own nice. a production <laughs> agency, you know, like all of the, all of those things help. So, so, you know, I got to be careful because when people are, when I'm like make daily content, you know, like, like I decided in November of 18, I'm going to do this for the first two months. I just recorded on my phone daily stuff. And then I hired a full-time person. So like I have a full-time person on my staff whose only job is to film me and edit my content and release it. So I can't right. really like, like, I mean, yes, you should be doing daily content. Yes, you can start on your phone because that's how I started. Um, it's actually still how I post all my content and people, people are honestly shocked. All I, got, all I did was get a backdrop. Yep. I use my iPhone XS Max. Yep. It shoots 4K, take 1080p, whatever. And, you know, you add, do a bit of edits, put, put a couple of, you know, make sure the, the color schemes and stuff is okay. Add some yeah. subtitles using a free app called InShot. And I put out daily content and people just don't get it. Like I create all my content from my phone. People see it and they literally, Mark, I'm not joking. People have actually messaged me saying who does my content, like who creates my, who edits everything. And I keep telling everyone in my stories, guys, I do everything. Like right now I'm in the phase of my life and my career where I'm, I want to go into speaking full time. I'm still figuring things out, but I'm making all this content to inspire you guys daily and doing it myself with the podcast, with the uh, two videos a week, YouTube channel, every other platform, TikTok now, like it's crazy. It, it is. And I love it. It's crazy. Cause in March, in March of this year, I did all of my own stuff. Cause I wanted, before I hired someone, I wanted to, I wanted to see how much work it was. Hmm. You know, I wanted to set up the project files and the music and the beats and the timing. And, and I, I wanted to watch my own footage. So that way I could see if I sucked hmm. or not. And I was spending, I was, I was spending like 26 hours a week on it on top of the 50 or 60 hours I already work a week. Yeah. So I could do that. I think I did that for three weeks and then I was like, I can't do this anymore. It's, yeah. <laughs> it is. So it is a lot. Like I can definitely relate, man. Like it's, it's a yeah. lot making content, but yeah. you, you gotta, I, I, guess, I guess it comes back to intent, right? It comes back to, really comes back to the intention. Why are you making it? Sometimes I sit there just editing the podcast on a Sunday evening before it releases and like people, like I, I sometimes go on my story and just like, no one ever sees the behind the scenes, man. Like 
you know, no one ever sees me just in the background when I go quiet for a few hours. I'm actually hustling. I'm actually editing this podcast episode to make it look all fancy and nice. So when it goes out on Monday, everybody yeah. gets value from it, right? And, yeah. and I'm also like a professionalist. So it has to look good. It has to, you know, it has to sound good. It has to have the tune and, you know, everything has to be on point for me. Um, and that's just how I've always been. And I think that's one of the things that when I do create a team one day, like that's one thing that I will struggle with at the beginning is to kind of let go. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I need to have the control. Mm-hmm. But that's something that I still also have to learn, I guess, along the along yeah. my journey as well, well. So here's the thing with life. This works for family. This works for business. This works for everything. You can either be in control or you can grow an asset, right? Yeah. Like you can, you can either be in control of your spouse or you could have like a loving relationship. You can mm-hmm. try and control your kids or you can have a great relationship with them as they grow up. You know, you can either have a business that's big or you, you know, you can be in control of everything and be small. That's true, man. Just the way it is. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. It's so true. Um, So something else I want to ask you actually is um, when you were, you know, when you were going through that journey of yours, trying to figure yourself out and because I know a lot of my listeners, right, they're kind of in that space where they are kind of stuck. And I see it from from kind of like the comments and, and the DM conversations I have. Like some people are very like just, they just overthink a lot. I think, you know, they just overthink a lot. They kind of, they want to create content but there's something stopping them, some kind of fear, something inwardly is stopping them. Did you used to, did you used to feel like that as well? And, and what did you do to kind of get yourself out of that, that space of just kind of overthinking and go into kind of more action-taking steps? Yeah, so I have this, you know, Evan helped me work it out last May, but there's this, there's this saying I have or this principle, which is to always be jumping. Hmm. And so at my cottage, you know, I don't know, in the UK, you guys don't have cottages, I guess. But no. <laughs> here, here in Canada, if you drive two hours north, you're in the middle of nowhere. It's just mm-hmm. forest and lakes. And so we have these, like, these summer places that, you know, people around here, they just go to to get out of the city. So, you know, we go and we cottage um, at our cottage. And, and at my cottage, there's this 40-foot cliff that you can, like, climb up. And for, I don't know, a hundred years now, people have been climbing up there and jumping off this cliff. So that way they can hit the, you know, free fall and hit the water. And so as a little kid, you know, I'm six, I'm seven, I'm eight. We're, we're going, we're going to what we call the bluff. We're going to the edge of the cliff and you're standing on the edge of this sheer rock and you're 40 feet. So four stories up above, above the water. And when you're standing there and you're looking all around, you know, again, four stories up and there's the wind and it's quiet and you're just thinking, am I really going to jump off this thing? Am I really going to do this? And no, the answer is no. Your brain is saying, no, you're not going to jump off this thing. That's stupid. So the only thing you can do is take like a bunch of steps backwards. And then before you think about it, you start running and you start running and then you're like, what am I doing? And then suddenly you're now in the air and you're like, oh, I'm falling oh, uh, I'm about to hit the water and you hit the water and it's the most exhilarating thing that you could possibly do. And so you just, you come up and you're like, you did it, right? I can, I'm getting goosebumps now. You did it. And you climb yourself up there and you're like, I'm going to do it again. And then you just spend a few hours just throwing yourself off this cliff time after time after time. But the thing is, once you jump the first time, it is not scary anymore. There is no, no fear. There is no worry. There is no concern. Because you've jumped and you know that you can jump and you know that you won't get hurt and you know it's not a big deal. Your brain doesn't tell you to stop. You just go. You have fun. Now, you go away and you come back the next year and it's scary as hell again, Mm. right? In that gap, in that distance, that time between last year when you jumped and this year, you're standing on the edge again. And even now, I take my kids there. I'm 36. I take my kids there. It is scary as hell. I'm like, I'm too old for this. I'm going to hurt myself. What am I doing? My kids are busy throwing themselves off. They're like 10. But it's scary until you jump again. And then suddenly the fear is gone and you remember how much fun it is and it's all great. Your brain doesn't scream at you to stop. And, and so in life, accepting change, realizing that you're not as good as you thought you were, realizing that you're better than you thought you were, that really painful thing that happens to you. That's the jump to me. That's the jump. Love that. and, and so you're standing there on the edge of doing something that you don't want to do that scares you or whatever it is. So you can take a few steps back and you can throw yourself into it, which is my answer. Just say yes to it. Just say yes. The reason I say think big, be bold, say yes. is because you, you got to say yes to it, whether you want to or not. But the real secret isn't just to say yes. The real secret is to always be jumping. Because if you wait a year until you decide to do the next thing, it's scary as hell again. Mm-hmm. But if I, 
say yes to a change today, which is my jump. And then two hours from now, someone else asks me for another jump. Sure. I'm, I'm someone who jumps. Yeah. I'll jump into that. And then tomorrow someone asks me again. Yeah, that's fine. I did two jumps yesterday. I'm going to do a jump today and I'm going to do a jump the next day. And if you're always jumping, you don't have that gap. You, you, you don't have that time to detach yourself back to comfort and then start freaking out about everything. Next time you're facing this big challenge, mm. the answer is to always be jumping. <laughs> I love that concept. That's the first time. It reminded me of, um, you know, it actually just reminded me of, have you seen that clip of Will Smith talking about fear? It was a viral clip and he was, it's exactly what you're talking about, but it was actually off the helicopter, you mm. know, like skydiving. He was talking about skydiving and after the, like you're scared as shit, like you're scared as hell, like to jump off, you know, the airplane. Like literally it was the way he even like, the way he shared it in the video was obviously he did it in his own way. It was so amazing. But he just reminded me of that story where he was saying, you know, the, the, the person inside the helicopter will be counting three, two, one. But before they even say one, you're already holding on because you're so scared to even like just yeah. go, right? Yeah. That feeling that, you know, before, like you said, it's, it's like an internal thing. For me personally, I remember when I went to this indoor kind of trampoline park uh, kind of thing here in London, and there's a slide right and mark i'm not joking i've never seen a like so a slide for me goes like this right like it goes down and it's like really nice and, smooth, and this is like this bendy this slide was just down it was completely <laughs> vertical i've never seen anything like it so i'm there sitting there on the, on the edge of the same thing looking down i was like shit like this is scary i've never jumped in a you know i've never jumped in a vertical slide in my life and i was so scared he took me, because my friend was recording me on the other side, laughing like, laughing his head off, like, just jump, Sadiq, just jump. Stop being so scared. You're the one who talks about take action and, and fear. Like, now you're going to do it. In my mind, I'm thinking it's true. I'm not a hypocrite. I'm definitely going to do this. It's just going to yeah. take me some time. Let me kind of let my, let me convince my brain that I need to do this. It took me one minute and 25 seconds from the video <laughs> recording that he took. One minute, 25 seconds, I was sitting there literally scared as hell to jump down this thing in the end i just said one thing internally in my mind i just said one thing to myself i was like i was just like who gives a shit and i just went i was like go. no screw it just i'm, I'm just gonna go forget and it was it fun it was the best thing i came jumping right right back and right back up again to do it again right just like you said after the first time it's like man i did it i'm alive i was scared i'm gonna yeah. die yeah no but after i did it once and i survived yeah. i was like this is fun let me go yeah. again and again, like you said, it's just when, we, when we're consistent in doing that same action, uh, if, we, if I was to just go to that slide, like you said, and did it once and then you know, two weeks later I come back, I will still be scared again. Mm -hmm. But because I kept doing it, I kept doing it, I got, my, my body got used to it and my mind started accepting that this is not scary anymore. This is actually exciting. It's fun. I love what Evan said to me on, on the, other, uh, the other day on my one of the episodes as well, that when he was sharing about when, when something's scary, you just do it. And, and think of it as, I'm not nervous, I'm excited. Ah, see, I say that. I, I say that he no, hates that. From you. <laughs> he hates that. I like to turn scared into excitement. He thinks that that's a crutch and an excuse. Really? He said something very similar to that. He said, when you're nervous, just, you know, just do it and, and tell yourself that I'm not nervous, I'm actually excited. No, I say that. He hates that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe he said something else. That's probably my fault. Yeah. He said something very similar to that. He thinks he thinks that's a crutch. Oh, really? He wants you to say I'm scared, but I do it anyway. I say he also said that too. Yes, he says he does that. He said that he also when he goes on stage and he's a bit scared to speak on stage sometimes. He's yeah, so, he's super nervous. But instead of telling himself that he's excited, he feels the fear and he does it anyway. Yes. So both, I think both works, but we got to find what personally works best for us, right? Yeah, Evan is is Evan is uh, non-human sometimes. <laughs> I'm sure, like he was like us one day, but he he just managed to um, kind of build his mindset to where he, where it is today, like through experience, through you know a lot of challenges, and like most of the successful people that we know today, like they they've been through a lot of like hardships and challenges, and they've kind of done that first jump many times. So they know if they come in to mentor someone, for example, they will tell that person, hey you know what, like, I, I know exactly how you feel right now because I was there. I did it. I've had the privilege of knowing Evan for since 2007, I think I met him, spring of 07. And um, I'll be honest with you, you know, like I've, I've watched him grow. I've watched him progress. But I've really only come to know him very well in the last maybe two or three years. We've known each other 
we're friends, we get together, but you know, in the last two years, um, it's, it's amazing what he's done. Like he's not even, even this year, even, you know, with breaking his neck and all of that stuff he did last year, like that he doesn't even want to think about cause that's so far in the past. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy how much he's grown because the man that I knew originally, you know, was an introvert. He's still an introvert. Um, didn't really like to meet with people, look for ways to streamline everything. Um, you know, didn't, didn't really take meetings, didn't really go out, didn't really do anything. Now he's speaking on stages. He's in front of thousands of people, you know, he's flying all over the world. Like it's, I remember a long time ago, maybe a decade ago, I said, you should be on stage and you should be doing this stuff. And he's like, I don't want to leave. He's like, I don't want to fly anywhere. I don't want to do that. I don't want, no, 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 no. I don't want to, that's, I don't want to go do anything totally different man today. And he'll, and you know, with the speed he's moving, I, next year he'll be new and improved on top of that. (laughs) But I think when you think about it, Mark, that's all of us, right? That's just, that's everyone. I think, Oh, at least, okay. I lie. Not everyone. The people that are on this growth journey. It is everyone though. They just, they they, they want it. They're hungry for it. They just don't know. They don't know how to connect those two dots, right? Something's missing. I need this. I want it. They just don't know how to articulate it. They don't know that that's the answer. They don't know once they get a taste of it, you know, I've, I've been with people. I've heard this for a few years now, but I've been with people where, you know, if I go out and grab, like if Evan and I grab dinner with someone, when we're at an event doing a thought leadership event and people come in and they spend days with our community, our type of thinkers, they are literally like, I don't want to go home. Hmm. I haven't had a conversation like this before. I haven't spoken with people who, who think at this level or this speed or this pace or, or speak this honestly. And they want it, right? I think, I think we all have it. Mm. I just think there's a whole group of people out there who haven't tasted it yet, who haven't touched it. Because when those people fly in and they spend the time with us and then they get it, they go home. They're that person for the people at home. You are that person for the people in London, right? You've touched it. You've tasted it. You've had a part of it. And so I think everybody wants it. I think everyone needs it. It's just whether they've been exposed to it yet or not. I love that. No, you're right. You're totally right. Because in my mind, I was kind of thinking, what about those people that just go to the nine to five jobs and they don't like, they just go to work, come back home and they don't have any other passion. They don't no, have no one like that exists. No one like that exists. So you believe everybody genuinely has something, but they're just kind of lost. They don't know what to do. Uh, they, they've been hurt or they're dead inside or they don't, they, they've lost hope that it's possible. But you know, uh, if you thought about the most boring person on earth, right? Like, Let's pick like, you know, the, the 62 year old single, never been married, has no kids, has no family accountant. I know you're work for banking, but <laughs> accountant who's so boring, even they have passions, right? Like even they find themselves into photography or eating food or wine or like everyone has something, everyone has something, no matter how much we may look at their life and judge them and say like, wow, they don't have a lot going on. Mm. Everyone is in the pursuit of, of, of a passion and community and connecting and serving. It's just baked into us. So how does that person, like, so someone that's listening to this right now, how does that person get out of their head and into the action? That's, that's my question now. So, because most people, like I said earlier, like they are, yes, they can, they can take that first step, but they're still, maybe they're just looking for a push. Maybe they, maybe they need, sometimes I think people actually need me to tell them one thing. Like sometimes people just DM me just, just for the opportunity for me to just inspire them with a sentence. And they're like pumped after that. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm going to go do this now. Yeah. Maybe sometimes we need that external push as well, right? I, I, th- I think so. I mean, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, if Evan hadn't been pushing me for so long, who knows if I'd be here right now. And, and he pulled me aside. He pulled me aside maybe a year and a half, maybe two years ago now. And it was just really casual. But he said, you know, out of all of these people, Mark, you have so much potential. And I don't even think, and, and it bothers me that I don't even think you know how much potential you have. Mm. and, and I was like, and, and he had, there, there was a time where like another conversation a few weeks later where he, like, he, he was crying. He had tears in his eyes. He was so upset. He was so bothered by, and so frustrated by watching me flounder and, and not connect. Like, listen, I, I've, I've run my business for 13 years. I run a multi-million dollar business. I have a, a, four kids. I have a wife. I like, I have, I have a lot of things that people would look at and go like, ah, I want that. And yet I'm still sitting across from him with tears in his eyes because he's frustrated about the person that I could become. So if you that's have an amazing that, friend to have, by the way, what's that? I'll I just say that's a, that's like such an amazing friend to have someone like to have such an amazing friend like that, that sees potential in you and 
really wants it for you. I have people in my life like that too. Like I just, I see so much in them and I'm like, man, like I really, I don't know what to do. Like I, so I, there's nothing else the I can do to help you, but I'm just keep going to keep reminding you like you have yeah. so much potential. Yeah. And listen, man, I'm, I'm super grateful for everything that Evan's done for me. And I will say that forever. Um, but we have the chance to be that for someone else, even if you don't have your stuff together, right? It doesn't cost you very much to believe in someone or to send them that note or to call them up or to meet with them. Even if you don't feel put together or like you've got it all figured out, you still can be that person to someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's first, if you have that person, that inkling, you have that feeling or that inkling, it is not desperate for you to sit down with them and ask them what they think what they think of you, what they think of your plans or whatever it is. It's not desperate. It's not, it doesn't make you look lonely. It doesn't make you look silly. It makes you look strong actually to be able to sit down and say like, you know, Sadiq, I want to sit down with you and I'm thinking this and I'm really scared or worried about it, or I don't know, or I feel like I'm lost or whatever it is. That's a sign of strength that you're able to do that. Um, but if you don't have the friend or, or you know, the, the other thing that you, I think that you really should do is give yourself, um, give yourself three months or give yourself six months to like have um, a vacation from your life. Let's say, right. I, I want you to say like, you know what? I'm not going to do these four things that I hate because I have to do it. I'm going to go out and try this new thing. That's good. That, you know, I find exciting. You know, I'm going to go take drumming lessons or um, you know, for my wife, right. We have four kids. Um, my wife has been home for 13 years because my oldest is 13 we got married at the, I, I was 22. She was 21. We had my daughter at 23. So like, you know, even though we're in our mid mid thirties, we have four kids that are growing up. And so, you know, a few years ago, there's this prospect where she's facing, you know, that, that my wife is, you know, 33 or 34 at the time. And she's going, I've never worked and I don't have a career. And even though I went to school, I have no experience and who's going to want to hire me and what do I want to do? And I I'm only a mom, you know, we all do that to ourselves. I'm only this, I'm only that. And ultimately, I finally had to sit her down and say, listen, like, let's create a list of the things you want to do, right? We wrote four things that she wanted to try in a year. I said, you have a year to try these things, four things that we should try. And then I said, take as much time as you need, right? Take, like, give yourself the time. You need days to do this. You need evenings to do this. You need nights to do this. Figure it out. Go try these things. Go try them. And you know what? After six months, she'd already tried all of them even though we didn't have a plan for how it was going to happen. We had no plan. Like, and her things were like, like, um, uh, gosh, I don't remember. I, I want to take piano lessons. I want to take singing lessons. I want to be, uh, into fashion. Um, and I want to be an actress or something like, like these, these things that aren't like, oh, I'm going to go back to school. Like yeah, to me, yeah. kind of like kooky things, but Just normal hobbies, right? I guess so. But you know what? Like within a week she had, uh, she asked someone who asked someone or she sent someone on Facebook. She had a singing coach lined up. That person was going to teach her piano. She decided to audition for a play on a whim. And I think she got the role. So, uh, and then in that play, they wanted to help with wardrobe. And so like, without us even planning anything, like after six or seven months, suddenly like all of these things had happened. And guess what? She didn't like piano. She still liked singing. She didn't like the wardrobe thing. She's pursuing acting. Great. That leads to her wanting to feel better about herself because she's on stage now. So she starts to get more fit when she got more fit and really got competitive in it. She said, you know what, now that I do all this stuff on stage and I'm fit, I like the idea of being a coach. So she's pursuing becoming a personal trainer and like all of these things happen. And, and in like a year and a half, her outlook and her feeling and her life has changed. But it, it started with her deciding that she was going to give herself a period of time to try some things. Like that's really where it started. It's like, I am going to give myself the gift. I'm worth giving myself the gift of two months or three months or a year or whatever it is to try these things. And I like them or I don't like them. I fail or I succeed. It doesn't really matter. It's low stakes. It's low cost. Let's just try these things. That's so powerful. I love that. That is, that's one of the best kind of advice that I've heard on the podcast. Like, honestly speaking, like that is something that's, I love that the concept of just, cause I say it a lot as well, but the way you just explained it was super cool. The fact that you put a, uh, you know, have that timestamp, give yourself that list of few things to do. And sometimes we don't even realize like even the smallest things like your wife picked, like singing and, and dancing and uh, sorry, you know, um, mm -hmm. piano lessons, stuff like that. 
even those small things that we know we can like, there's probably event, like here in London, especially, there's always an event for something. It doesn't matter what it is for mindfulness, yoga, everything. And there's so many free events. And that's why I keep, you know, constantly just trying to get people to understand, hey, there are events in London that could be something that, you know, that you're going to enjoy. You just have to get yourself out of the house and get into that action of going to see and to just try to see if there's something that you're going to like or not. Yeah. At the end of the day, like you said, man, like if we don't try, we will never know if we, if we truly do like that or not. Mm-hmm. That is honestly, like that was, it's kind of just blowing me away still. <laughs> it's simple stuff, but listen, there's, there's a trap to this, right? You know, like I decide it, you know, I, I, I fall into this all the time. This is, this is my thing. Like I have like a book buying addiction, you know, like I have everywhere around my office, I have books. I buy books. The last six months I haven't bought anything, but I'll buy like 30 books a year, 40 books a year. Guess how many books a year I read? Two? Yeah. Mm, not even. Zero. Maybe, maybe one if I'm on vacation. Maybe one. Now I listen to books, but hmm. I buy books. You don't like reading or what? I don't the- like reading. Okay, so you're just like exactly me. like me. I have a I have a list. I have a list. Like people, every podcast guest, one of the questions at the end I'm going to ask you is to name a book that you that changed your life. Because most people have read or listened to a book that has changed their life. Yes. Um, but, but, here's, but here's the thing. Here's the trap, right? I buy books because I like books. I like books, and I like the idea of reading the books, and I really like the idea of learning what's in the book. I just don't want to do all the work of reading that book. But here's, but here's the other thing. Exactly the same. Here's the other thing. If I buy this book, it's going to make me feel really good. Me too. Honestly, like, really Mark, good. I have, I, I'm so crazy, especially with the book Think and Grow Rich, right? Because that's one book I actually like, forced myself to read. Because when I started my personal growth journey over five years ago, literally one of my mentors just said, like, Sadiq, this, this, I, if there's anything else you read, screw everything else. Just read this one book. Because every single successful billionaire, millionaire, multimillionaire in the world, this book, they always mention it and it has changed their life. And yeah. there's only 13 principles that you need to learn in it. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to just sit down and just force myself to just read that book. And I bought, I bought Evan from, from the US Amazon because in, in the UK Amazon, they didn't have this specific one that I really wanted. It was like a real, like I would have showed you, it's like such a nice leather-coated Think and Grow Rich with a red ribbon. And it was so beautiful, man. You probably had the same one. No, no, it's not that. Look at this. Look at this. Limited edition <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell books. Never read them. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's not the point. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I love, I actually, like, now that you're mentioning it, I do love reading, though. Mm. Like, like, I love um, Donald Miller's brand, you know, brand story. Like I, I was on vacation and I f- was flipping through it and I'm taking notes and blowing my mind. Expert secrets by Russell Brunson, um, contagious by Jonah Berger rework. Like, um, you know, like there are tons of books that I can reference where every time I get into a book and through a book, I love it. Yeah. Same. But, but here's the reason why I don't really read very much because buying the book gives me an emotional high. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, People see my amazing library because outside of my office here, I have all of these great books. They walk by and they go, wow, you got a lot of great books. So the reading of the book is the hard part though, right? That's the thing that takes the effort and the work. And it, there's not actually that much of an emotional payoff. You know, I told my wife that I wanted to take drumming lessons and I was really excited about it. And for Christmas last year, a year ago, she bought me a gift certificate for drumming lessons. And I got the gift certificate and I was super thrilled, but I haven't booked the drumming lessons yet. Because when I do, um, one, it's work. Two, I'm not going to be as good as I am in my head. In my head, the version of me that's playing drums is really, really good. And in reality, the guy who's going to sit down and go like, that sounds not as good. So this is the thing that we got to make sure that we don't do, though. Right. When my wife decides that she wants to take acting, you know, go acting and take singing lessons and play piano and just deciding that she's going to do it could feed all of the, you know, like emotional experience she needs. This is why writers don't spend time writing, but they're perfectly happy to be writers. Right. Oh, what do you do? I'm a writer. Oh, what are you working on? Oh, I'm working on some stuff. Right. The writing is the really hard work, Mm. but being a writer is really 
cool. Yeah. And so, it, yes, you know, you give yourself the time, you give yourself the freedom, you write that list, but then you actually have to do it. You know, I have, I buy this book. I, sh- I sh- have to, I shouldn't, I have to read it, right? I've stopped buying books now because, because it's, I've said it often enough that people are calling, you know, bullshit on me, yeah. you know, Mark, stop buying books unless you're going to read them. And so I've stopped. I now get audiobooks. I now listen to them if I can, but um, yeah, you got to be careful that you don't fall in the trap of just getting like happy that you're the type of person who does it when you never actually do it. Yeah, I love that. And it's also kind of like, it kind of reminds me of like some people that I also encountered in my kind of five year personal growth journey, like how there are a lot of hypocrites out there as well. There are a lot of people out there that I met personally. I literally have met these people for coffee. Um, they have told me certain things and I have a very strong intuition so I can just feel when someone's really just lying or just bullshitting something. I just, I just know they're just, they're just talking nonsense. I don't say anything at the time, but I just know. And after that first meeting, I never want to. Why don't anything. you say anything? Why don't I say something? Yeah. I guess, I guess it's because it's not that I want to hurt their feelings. I just, I'm just, I don't want to seem like a bad person sure. to them. You, that's that's that, the truth. That like I feel like honest? if I, if I be honest with them, then they will just see that, oh, you're just, you're also a fake person. You're just a liar. You're just like a mean person and this kind of stuff. So I don't, I kind of don't like hurting people, but I get the fact that sometimes we need to just be honest and tell people the truth. I got, I done that a couple of times and I really got in trouble with a few, few people. So I was like, you know what, rather than saying something, which is my truth, which I would have just told them straight up, I'm just going to just shut up and just be quiet and let them figure, let them figure it out now. Ah, see, this is something I'm trying to work on, you know, like, like the, cause if you care about someone, like if you don't care about them, then there's nothing wrong with, you know, letting things slide because you don't care enough to be honest. Yeah, I guess them. that's, those are the types of people I'm talking about. Like they were okay. just strangers that I'm meeting like through social media. Yeah. And stuff. You know, I don't really know them that much. I don't really care as much. I get although, although I give them my hundred percent attention when I'm there. Yeah. Um, end of the day like if i feel some kind of negative vibe or something wrong with this person or some kind of a bad feeling then i just don't want to be around their energy so i would just kind of just let us know oh. yeah no i i still call people out on random i don't know if they like it or not shots fired but i'm at the gym you know and and people are like like oh we have to do this and i will be like why are you here like come on let's go come on <laughs> especially in the gym mark because it's always going to end up just coming to punch you <laughs> throwing a big punch at you if you say that to someone random in the gym like who the hell are you mate <laughs> yeah no i don't go to those kind of gyms but no usually there's someone like you know you're in a you're in a gym class or something and and you know i a few weeks ago i did yoga for the first time like not simple yoga hard yoga and it was really hard and it was really difficult and uncomfortable and if the person besides me starts going like Okay, I guess we're going to do I'll be like, why are you here? Why are you in this class? Why are you doing this? If you don't want to, you know, stop it. And I'll tell people that. And then I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe they don't like me now, but that's okay. That's, that's the kind of feeling that I get. So I'd rather than having another person that doesn't like me in my life, I'd rather just, just be quiet and just not. Or, or you calling on them, calling on them as unfair as it might seem, might be that little seed that plants where they go, oh, you're right. You know, I didn't even realize that I was doing that. And you never know. Yeah, it's true. No, I, I totally get that. So I think it could be that it could also play around that way. I'm not giving you advice because I haven't figured this out. Evan's good at this. I have not figured <laughs> it out. I'm not good at reading people. So, uh, yeah. No. Fair enough. Um, that's actually something I am pretty good at, I would say, personally. Because just like, because I've met a lot of people in the last five years through, you know, and I'm talking about strangers, like people I've never met before through LinkedIn and Instagram, especially these two platforms I've met. Honestly, probably over hundreds of people here in London. I've met them for coffee, had conversations with them. You know, I used to practice my matching and mirroring and all my sales tactics. I used to practice so much. Hence why I, was, I started getting really good at psychology. Because I started like matching and mirroring and doing folding arms thing and, you know, you know, tonality. And like, I started learning a lot. And I was like, you know what, these people, I don't know. I'm going to invite them, have a coffee. I'm going to just practice and just try these things out of them. And I learned so much. And that's why people always ask me now, how do you come up with so much content? Because I put out like content every single day. Mm-hmm. They're like, how do you put out so much content? Like, where does your knowledge and where does all of these things come from? I'm like, for the last five years that I've been doing personal growth, that's where the knowledge is coming from. It just randomly just comes to me in my mind when I'm creating content. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember I did this one day. This would definitely help someone watching my video. Mm-hmm. 
And that's how I kind of create my content. And it's always been non-scripted. The same way this podcast was like how we're just having fun and just having a conversation. I do yeah. everything that I've done so far in my life through intuition, through gut feeling, just keeping well, it real and authentic. I mean, I'll be honest with you. There's some really, if people are afraid of what will I talk about if I'm starting social media, there's some really easy things you can do. Like, you know, we go, I, I have my do this sometimes if I'm hungry for it, like if I'm desperate for a topic, but I'll go through Reddit through a sub community that I follow. And I look for questions that people are asking. And then I just answer those questions, not to them. I just, you know, I answer the question as if someone's asking me that question. And that's a great topic. I think of the last few days, people I've had conversations with, you know, what were they working through? What were they struggling? What would I say to them if they were sitting in front of me? Then I never mention their name or this, or the situation, but I go, you know what? I wasn't, you know, I wasn't happy with how I handled this conversation yesterday. So here's the lesson I learned or whatever it is. Um, and then you just think back through stories, you know, people that you met, people that you admire, people you look up to, you can come up with tons and tons of stuff. If you just, if, if you just think, if it's just top of mind for you, or you sit down with a journal and say like, I'm going to come up with five topics right now, your brain will give you five topics pretty quickly. So true. No, I love it. It definitely will. I think people just love to complain and, and make excuses <sighs> and they need, they need yeah. a kick on the ass. Like, you know, you can do it. Like you have it in your mind. You have, the same way Evan came to you, Ryan, and said you have so much potential. Like that, somebody, somebody in your life, woo, if they don't come, then you need to find some, you know, make some friends like that that really care about you, that yeah. push you to become better every day. For sure. I love it. Mark, I know we're running out of time. So at the end of my podcast, I have something called a final four, where I've got four questions for you that you just basically ask, answer on the top of your head. Okay. Sounds good? The first one is... You're making me nervous. <laughs> don't worry. It's all good. It's all good. Just be yourself. The first one is really simple, but it's, it's more going to be personal to you because I know it's part of your value, values in, in your business. So in, the, in, a, in just one short sentence, what does the word be bold actually mean to you? Because that's be one bold. of your values, right? Yeah. So I have three kind of principles on, on my personal brand, but I came up with maybe 10 years ago, which is to think big, to be bold and say yes. Hmm. So um, they kind of work in a pairing, but, but I can explain what being bold is, but um, you know, Honestly, I think small. I don't think as big as I should or could, and I don't think most of us do. Mm. Right? When you have that, that, that idea and then you stop and <laughs> that's ridiculous. I don't have what I, you know, I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't, that's, that means you're not thinking big. You need to think so big that you're uncomfortable. Mm. Being bold to me is that moment of excitement. It's that feeling for me. It's, you know, if I get up, if I have a great night's sleep and I work out, and I have coffee, and I have good music playing. If those those things together, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna be in a mood where I'm like I'm gonna crush it. Mm. Right? You just know you're gonna be there. And you're gonna be like I have got this. Mm. That to me is the expression of my, that's my expression of boldness. But it's also like, hey, you know, when you don't want to do it, you do it anyway. When your heart is like kind of going crazy. And, you know, you're sweating and it's and you're like, here we go. It's making the decision that you're afraid to make. It's having the conversation that you're afraid to have. It's saying yes, right? The last thing, think big, be bold, say yes. It's saying yes to the thing you want to say no to. Um, it's asking yourself, what would a bold version of you do? What would a bold version of you say? What would the version that you look up to, the, one, the person you want to be, how would they act? That's what being bold is to me. I love that. I love that. He reminded me because from my definition, I learned from a mentor a couple of years ago. He has a, he was in business and he, he had another company he started called B10XB and it stands for be 10 times bolder. Oh, so basically exactly what you said. He says, every time you have that fear in your mind, in that exact moment, you just ask yourself, what would I do if I was 10 times bolder? And it's like a pattern interrupt in the mindset in, this, in psychology, where as soon as you ask yourself that question, your mind just thinks, oh, bang, like I'm going to take action. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. So it's such a powerful, powerful way. I love, I love, I love, it just reminded me of that. Um, okay. So the second question mark for you is now what one video or movie or a documentary that you've seen in your journey so far that has really like played a big impact in, in the way you think? Um, maybe it could be with your confidence. Maybe it could be for your mindset, positivity, something where it's really helped you as a person to become the bolder version of you. Mm. you think of anything from the top of your mind you gotta give me a second and then cut out all this pausing <laughs> go for it yeah go for it um something that has really shaped my thinking can it be a book that's the you can share that one now if you want that's the next oh okay okay no no you want you want a video you documentary or 
or anything like it could be a video or movie like a, a lot of people come up with these movies that they've like one movie that they love that they took some kind of lessons from or it just some people just I take, I take I like I find lessons in everything and I don't know if it's because I kind of grew up in the church or whatnot but I feel like there's a moral story in everything yeah, um, I'm like that I don't want anything too romantic or or silly but um I'm trying to think what my favorite movies are so my favorite movie is Amelie. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the French movie from like 2003. I think a friend actually shared it with me. One of my French friends actually told me about that film. I didn't watch yeah. it because I was like, um, I probably want to understand it or something. Well, there's know. subtitles, but but I was in film school when this movie came out. And, and part of what I love about it is um, it's, uh, it's full of fantasy. It's about a, a girl who lives a solitude, like a life of solitude in her own head because she's just too afraid to do anything. Mm. And she spends so much time um, because of all these weird circumstances that happen, trying to make other people happy that she never makes herself happy. And she's willing to sacrifice everything to make others happy, but nothing for herself. And so through this character's journey, you know, as the audience, you're just desperate for her to, to be bold and to make that move and to do that thing and to, and to be happy, to find happiness and get that thing that, that she's never had. And so just along that journey with the fantasy and the music and the, and the feeling and the absurdity, but at the same time, the heartbreak that you feel for this character, it's, it's just my favorite movie because I'm, I'm a sucker for happy endings. And so, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things to show that like, even when you feel alone, um, even when you feel like you've lost it and, um, and maybe, you know, it's not just in Hollywood, but in real life, like if you have a long enough vision and a long enough plan, you are going to, those things are going to work out. They're going to come around your way and you're going to find kind of the happiness and the joy and the love and all of those things that you're, that you're searching for. Love that, man. So powerful. It kind of reminds me of like when Steve Jobs talks about the connecting the dots and, you know, if you don't worry and you keep following your intuition, eventually those dots will connect and you'll find happiness, right? Mm-hmm. Love that. Okay, so the next one is actually the book. So what, which one? Because we all know now we've established that you love buying books that you don't read, just like Sadiq. Um, yeah. but, but which one Which one have you actually like read through and yes. that's that really helped you like genuinely? Or the so, one that you did say that you, you did read, right? Yeah, no, I've, I mean, I have, I have read quite a few books. But um, so the most recent book that I've really, really uh, enjoyed is David Goggins' um, book, uh, Can't Hurt Me, I think it's called. So what's his book's called? I think so. I haven't checked. I haven't actually read it. Really? Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, so no. I was, you know, really like it just David Goggins book. I was in the fall at a point in my life where I just really needed to raise my standards and to get a lot tougher on myself and to get a lot harder on myself and not being so forgiving and soft. And so that's a great book. If you're like, you know what, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to, to kind of get, crap kicked out of me like you know and, and a hammer on an anvil kind of in a forge like i'm ready for what's next if you want to be a bit softer or things like that um you know I, I i there was this book early on when i was starting my business called the uh i think it's called the eight eight lies that will hold your business back and the truth that will set you free or maybe it's the seven lies that will hold your business back and the truth that will set you free by a writer named chandler they're very simple principles that can be applied anywhere in life but man like year after year, I would reread that book because it just had to remind me about the core things that you need to do when you're running a business or growing a channel or, or anytime you're trying to build anything. Mm-hmm. So that's something I would recommend if you're early on in anything. Awesome. Nice one. Now I'm going to check them out because I haven't actually heard of, like I heard of the David Goggins one, but I can't remember the name. Mm-hmm. Um, some of his content I like, some of them, I, some of it I don't kind of like. It kind of, sometimes he kind of puts me off because it's like super, just like he wants to kill himself to, to you know, be the best version of yourself. I don't think you have to go that extreme, really. That, that's what the book is, man. It's yeah, just a yeah, lot. Yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine from seeing his videos, always fitness videos where he's running and just swearing the hell out of his videos. Yeah. But with so much passion. And, and, and But you hit a point in your life where you want something really big. Yeah. And who you are is not going to get there. It's not sure. going to get it, right? You need to turn yourself into the person you need to be. And so sometimes you need to be nice and gentle with yourself, but... A lot of times you need to be a lot harder on yourself. And I think he gives me the mindset or the language or the ability to be able to say, you know what, this is really painful right now, but it's nothing. I'm stronger than this. And, you know, other people might give up because they're weak, but I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep going. Like it's a special brand of hardness, but sometimes we need that. True. Yeah. Now sometimes you're right. We do need like that tough, 
kind of kick in the ass, isn't it? There you go. <laughs> the last question, Mark, is something that's a bit deeper that gets people thinking a bit more. It's if you were to spend a few hours with someone that you look up to, whether they're dead or alive, who would that person be and why? It can be anyone. So you can, you can I really suck at these kind of like open-ended questions like this. My goodness, someone... <laughs> I love this question because it gets people to think really deep. Or like, hmm, majority of people always pick someone that's dead because they would have loved to have a conversation with that person, ask them something, learn from their wisdom, um, you know, people that we hear of today. Um, but who would that be for you? It could oh. be anyone. You can't say Evan Carmichael, right? Because uh, no, 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 I can talk to Evan. <laughs> you, you get to learn if from I him. I want to talk to Evan right now. I could just talk to him. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's a really tough question for me. And the reason why is because it's so important to me that I have meaningful conversations with people mm. that I don't know if a few hours would be enough because, mm. because, you know, I would get some stuff out of them, but I know how meaningful it would be to me and I know it would mean nothing to them. And that bothers me. Mm. Like, like the thought of connecting with Oprah seems amazing. I would, I, I so respect her. Um, I respect her, her business mind, but I wouldn't, but, but I would just be another stop in her calendar of a very busy life. And um, so who would I want to talk to? That, that could be the one, man. I would say pick that one. Yeah. That's what I would say. The first, the first person who came into my mind was like, I was thinking Tom Bilyeu. I was thinking yeah. uh, all, all these different people. But honestly, um, I wouldn't even want to pick her brain. I would just want to go out for lunch. Just like, let's grab some food. Yeah. Let's talk. Um, I'm so curious as to, as to, you know, like all of how amazing she is. So yeah, let's say Oprah. I like her. Yeah, go for it. And, and that yeah. for me, like, it's, it's very similar. Like, I just think it comes back to what you were talking about earlier, just to finish off on this little point about being bold and like just being comfortable with just picking and, and just saying things that you believe in. Because most yeah. people, like, the reason why I have that question as the last one for most of my guests is because it really gets them to think, as you said, like, who would I really want to spend some meaningful, genuine, authentic time with and to pick their brains and to learn from them? And it always comes back to, it never comes to money, it never comes to success, it never comes to business. It just comes back to someone's time. Like this person yeah. that you think of, it comes back to this person's really important. They're so busy, they're so successful, they're so big. Like why would I, why would they give me their few hours of their time? But that's not even the question. The question is you have an opportunity, like a wish to pick anyone in the world that you can just spend some time with. Yeah. That's another, question. One, another person who comes to mind, I don't know why I have this through, through line, but Mindy Kelling, you know, the oh. comedian, the writer, yeah. I, don't, I don't know why I'm picking, uh, you know, women of influence, but she is really cool. I, I would, I, she'd be fun I to like hang you like. She'd be funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can learn a lot from her. Yeah. So, so, so definitely people in the entertainment industry, it seems who, who are smart, strong women, for some reason, that's who I want to hang out with. <laughs> awesome. Nothing wrong with that, Mark. Nothing wrong with that. That's your there personal you choice. We're all different. Um, but that's amazing, man. I love it. I love it. Um, honestly, Mark, we run out of time, but I'm super grateful for everything that you shared, for taking this hour of your, of your busy life to give, to give to me. Um, I'm honestly super grateful. If, if anyone wants to reach out to you to ask you more questions about, um, about your business, about your life, about just reaching out to you to guide for some guidance, some mentorship, some help. Which platforms do you live on the most that they can reach out to you on? Yeah, the best way to find me is on Instagram, mark.drager. Or you can find me on YouTube as well, Mark Drager. Uh, just go ahead, Google me and you'll find me. But if you DM me, I, I mean, I'm, I still have a very small profile, very small following. I get all my own comments. I respond to all of them. So feel free to reach out. I'd love to connect. Awesome, man. I love it. And honestly, guys, if you're still listening, please go and reach out to Mark. Like, honestly, he's such, he's such a cool guy. Like, you see his stories, him and Evan Carmichael always having banter with each other, have, just having a laugh. But the one thing I love about this man is just his heart and how authentic and vulnerable and honest he is. Like, I've been following you for since, since you know, obviously Evan told me. And, you know, going through, I'm a very observing person. I may not always comment and like and stuff like that on everyone's post, but I observe everybody on my feed. And like, I have been observing you and Evan and everyone else. And like, I see what you're doing, like how, how genuine you are. And like, got, you know, taking out, going out with your wife and your kids and stuff. And it, honestly, like it, it's a lot for everyone to just learn from someone's real authenticity and the way they live in their life and being open to share it with everyone. It, it, it genuinely means a lot to us because we get to kind of look into the, how normal other people really are. You know, like before I have Evan on the Carmichael, Evan Carmichael on the podcast, I was just like, you know, he's super busy. Like he's freaking never going to give me not even 20 minutes of his time. How the hell am I going to get 20 minutes of his time? 
So the fact that I had the opportunity, I was like, man, I'm going to just grab it. I'm going to go and comment really something big, nice on Mark Drager's post. Like, I got to tell you, I had this moment yesterday where I was on Instagram and people were responding and I'm responding to answers and I'm reading someone's, someone sent me a message about their life changing and they're crying and all this stuff. And I'm reading this stuff and I'm pushing a grocery cart in a grocery store. I'm literally at the shop, like grabbing like some broccoli and like trying to like respond to this meaningful moment of thinking they probably think that like I'm off, you know, living this high jet life or, or whatever. I'm super busy. No, just, just grabbing the weekly shop, you know, like <laughs> throw it in the card as I'm responding. Sometimes we just forget, right? Like people are still normal. Yeah. We are still normal. <laughs> Listen, Sadiq, thank you so much for having me. I, I really do appreciate the, the types of questions you ask and, uh, and thank you so much. You're welcome, man. I'm, I'm grateful to have you on, man. And definitely, I hope in the, in the near future, I'll, I'll get to have another conversation with you as well, man. Anytime. I know Evan said he promised me that I'm, he's going to be on my 100th episode. So well, I, I have to be there as well. He actually told me. He actually told me, like, Sadiq, I love the conversation. Let me know when you're, before you reach 100 episode, we'll record another one and you can post it as your 100th episode with Evan. Yeah. Just to see the difference on how your podcast was a year ago from now. Like, that's what I he love said. It. So it's super cool. So around that time, 100, I'll reach out again, and we can we can do another chat then, man. And so you have me and Evan on at the same time, and we'll just all banter together. Oh yeah, that'll be super cool, actually. You know what? I'll, I'll I don't know. I'll either message you or I'll speak to um, Sandra and see if we can all three just get on together. There you go. That'll be super cool, man. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Right, Mark, thank you so much, man. Honestly, great for you, man. Keep keep up the hustle, man. Keep up all the great work, and um, I'll catch you very soon, man. Thank you, sir. Take care, bro. Bye bye. If you're still there, I just want to say a massive thank you for your attention and your time. It really means a lot to me. Please do me one favor and subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends and leave a rating on whichever platform you're listening to this. It would honestly mean the world to me. Thank you so much once again. I hope that this episode brought value and inspiration into your life and I'll see you guys next week.